listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel. Our houses are always Airbnb ready, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Our guest today is Mon Ballon from Plus Snow, a business that focuses exclusively on plus-size snow clothes. We talk with her today about the challenges larger-sized men and women have in finding clothes to fit so they can enjoy the great outdoors in very cold weather. Hey, Mon, how's it going over there in Canada? I'm great, thanks, Emma. How are you going over there in Sydney? Not too bad, actually. I can't complain. Northern beaches. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. We're, we're ready. We're free now. <laughs> International borders are open. Woo! <laughs> Absolutely. Ready for the ski season. Yeah. So, Mon, you're joining us today from um, Outerwear Range plus snow. Um, yes. So we just had a little bit of a chat before we got online then. So, But just take us back to how you got involved in this. It was quite interesting. Your mum, start from her. Yeah, so uh, back in the 1980s, my mum started a secondhand ski shop in Melbourne uh, called Ski Recycle, and she thought she could make skiing affordable for families. Um, She found it very expensive, and she thought she could sit around and hang out and paint her nails all day, and her friends could come and visit her at work, and her her business just got really busy straight away. Um, and it was a success right from the get-go. Um, so after the first year, she had holes in her stock that she needed to fill, the Australian trade show, and started buying new gear as well. And uh, that's how it all kind of started. I grew up in the back room sleeping in cardboard stock boxes and serving customers as a little girl and, you know, going there after school and um, you know, really grew up in the in the back rooms of that ski shop. So really forward thinking in the 80s, a woman and recycling, like that's fabulous. They're two things that, you know, weren't really at the forefront of the 80s, were they in the ski industry? <laughs> <laughs> no, my mum was a bit of a go-getter, you yeah. know, so um, all hats off to her and I guess that's kind of, she taught me a lot about business and, um, yeah, a lot of what I know today is attributed to, you know, what she taught me working in that shop. Yeah. And so what, what led you to the plus size industry and what interests you about it? Um, well, we had finally decided to sh- shut the shop down after 35 years and uh, I just thought that to bide my time I would um, do some ski gear online. Um, the ski industry had suffered from... Uh, online uh the web you know online shopping had come in Aldi had come in uh you know even uh Woolies was trying to sell snow gear and so the secondhand market all of a sudden wasn't being as profitable because there was fast fashion in the ski industry kind of hit Australia so we had an opportunity to shut the shop and I'd always wanted to do something else Uh, my husband and I were running it at that point together and um 
yeah, we just decided to shut it down and he went into, you know, his own business and I just thought I'll just do online snow gear just kind of while I'm waiting to work out what I'm going to do. Um, so within a month of shutting the shop, I had started a new business selling snow gear online. First year I uh, was selling some, I had a plus size range on my website and I was helping customer and they were all so lovely, all these plus size customers. And I would get some stock in and it would sell before it had even arrived um, at my home in my garage because I was selling it out of my garage at that point. And um, I had a customer that said to me, you should sell just plus size snow gear because, and have a website just that because that's what is so needed. And I was like, yep, that's a great idea. So I went to my suppliers that I had long history with, um, Australian suppliers, and asked if they would make um, some gear for me. And of course, they had minimums I had to meet. So I just committed to that stock to give it a go. And that's wow. how Plus Snow was born. Kind of nine months later, I got my stock in, built a website, and you know, just it got busy straight away. And the word of mouth, a lot of people knew me from the ski industry um, anyway, and some old customers and our old mailing list and database. And then word just spread. Yeah. In the first couple of years, it was all about, you know, business growth and how good, you know, a market was and, and you know, it was this niche in a niche, you know, for Australians. For Australia, yeah. But as I was helping customers and I would talk to customers and shush my toddlers in the back seat as I was, you know, dropping them off at kinder or, you know, school, um, I just got such joy out of customers, but I also felt that frustration of not being able to ski and, and cancelling snow trips because they wanted to go and play with their kids in the snow after having kids, but they couldn't fit into anything or they could only fit into men's gear. A barrier to, to the sport, basically. So that really resonated with me on a massive scale. I just kind of continued to grow the business but also advocate for them through social media um, as you get more involved in the plus-size community um, in Australia and through the world, of course, um, because it's such, the, you know, there's so many common threads of going back to skiing after having kids yeah. or having a break from skiing and then not being the right size or just wearing men's gear. And the joy of the women was just I just couldn't pass it up. It was like when I closed my ski shop and I went online, I got rid of all the bits that I didn't like about retail yeah. and I decided to build a business that was just about the bits that I loved. And the bit that I loved was so present within the plus-size snow industry that I just I couldn't let it go. I would, it just when know, really talk, brought me a lot of joy. When we're talking about plus-size um, I'm noting from your website that the average American now is a size 16 to 18, but just for some context, Australian 14, Australian size 14 is a US 10. So what about a Canadian sizing? Um, gosh, the sizes just confuse me so much. Um, and across different brands and companies, um, there's a lot of variation in the plus size market. So I actually don't pay a lot of attention to the sizes. My website and the way that I help customers is purely based on measurement. So that's so, how you got your shop, your shape. I love the video. 
on your website exactly. is really <laughs> brilliant. It's like, yeah, because, I mean, when you when you know that you are got a little bit of weight extra and you've got to measure yourself, that's a bit confronting sometimes too. Perfect, though, because you're going to get your product that's going to fit properly. So the shop you shape, who did the video for you? Why did you start the video? Um, I think I just spent so much time on the phone with customers who wanted to know what size they were or they would order multiple, um, you know, pieces or they wanted to know what would fit them. And because my website wasn't just about one plus size pound and one plus size jacket, I had a, I had a range. I had, you know, I have cheap stuff. I have more expensive stuff. I have stuff that fits wide hips. I fit stuff that fits slimmer legs and a big tummy, yeah. you know, all the different shapes. Of course, plus size is not just one size. So I was on the phone a lot to customers and as my business grew, I got a girl who was in charge of customer service for me. She was helping people as well and we just, through the winter season, we spent so much time on the phone and in emails. We just kind of said, okay, we actually need to stop using the supplier size charts. We need to measure every single product, have our own size charts based on the actual product And then we need to be able to help a customer so that they know how to fit within that. And from there, you know, if you've got someone who's got a narrow waist and big hips, there's a particular pant that suits their shape. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't come up with the hashtag shop your shape, but I I found it online and it really resonated with what I wanted to do. And I've I've tried to put it into an app or some way that a computer can take away all the time that it takes me to do these shop your shape emails. But I just can't because you need to, you know, it's so specialised and maybe one day AI will be that good that it will be able to help people in that way. But, you know, different products have stretch and and others, you know, don't, different fabrics. Um, So shop your shape was really born out of trying to save me time but trying to give the customer a really good service and everything in writing so that it's not just a phone call where they might forget something or they might be busy. Yeah. You know, it's all written down and they can refer to it um, backwards and forwards and to re- reduce returns. Yeah. So I was finding that returns were about 25% of my business yeah. and I accepted that as a part of online shopping and as part of maybe the market who are plus size and they don't like to measure or they don't want to measure or they they just kind of think that they're, you know, people would say, I'm a target size 20. And I'd be like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just work with the sizes that your body is and not what I've got. And it's worked really well. What about um, um what about people with extra long arms and legs? I often hear about people with well, you know, we know people with extra long legs and things, but extra long arms, is that that's is that common? Um, so not as much in terms of people that come and ask me for help because quite often people who are plus size have already been buying men's gear oh. and men's gear is notoriously wide in the shoulders, long in the arms. Mm. So sometimes the people who have regular length arms they're the ones that are finding the arms are too long and that really detest the men's gear. Um, Some people just don't care if it's men's gear, if it fits them well enough anyway. So it's more the regular size arms or the shorter legged people. But having said that, I've got this, you know, fantastic 
um, Australian supplier. And if my numbers, you know, meet the minimums, she will make me short, extra short legs, extra long arms. She will change the specs around. So are I've we talking, are we talking about um, Nobody's Princess? Or a different no, so Nobody's Princess is another fantastic woman who's making, you know, some plus-size stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm talking about Cartel, specifically Cartel and Pure okay. Snow Gear. Okay. And yeah. she also makes Aggression uh, Rental Gear, and that was the first range that I did. It was from her rental range and the specs of the plus-size gear she was already making for rental that the rest of the gear was made and... Truth be told, everyone probably just copied her spec because she was notorious in all the years that I bought snow gear um, from the age of 18 for my mum's ski shop. Her ski pants were some of the best-fitting ski pants in the industry. Whether you liked her stylings or her colours or her materials was another issue or her brand, but the actual way that she designed the ski pant to fit women's bodies were pretty on point find in the um retail industry now in the snow that i mean brand is always key but do you find that in skiing people want to go for fit more than what they want to go for brand if you're kind of a skier yourself and how do you and how do you communicate that to people because ski gear is technical like there's stretch there's you go ahead you know more about it than me but do you <laughs> but to try, to try and communicate that to people is really key yeah yeah absolutely um I think plus size people have such problems finding gear to start off with that their standards are much lower than your average skier so yeah. quite often fit is the number one prerequisite for an item and then might come color and, and brand is rarely talked about because they're just so happy to get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of comes features. Um, so from my background in the secondhand ski shop and the new stuff, we kind of did the, the budget and the mid and the low luxury kind of snow gear. So we were never very brand focused anyway as a ski shop, whereas if you go to a more... Um, prominent and expensive um, ski shop some of the city stores that focus a lot people focus a lot on brands Um, Mm. it's very different for them they walk in it's the brand that they want and then they choose something within the brand versus the Mm. fit Um, Mm. they haven't had that barrier as much um, going into the American market and trying to find higher end gear as I've been in the business for a while and now trying to find different brands um, so that people have more range Um, I am finding that brand is something that is coveted a bit more I don't really want to make my own label like a lot of people have suggested that I should but I think people have a trust in a brand and all the technicalities of waterproofings and now with the environmental levels of those technical fabrics these companies are already doing it the best you know competition (laughs) how do we get patagonia to take stand up and take notice of there is a market there for them how do we be the advocates for our plus size that's a good question so that's something that i've been working on um from a retail and a wholesale perspective yeah not getting very far because in the overall general scheme of things i'm a pretty small company but the conversations online in social media in facebook groups instagram um, accounts ambassadors and influencers 
are being watched by these big companies. Janelle and I, we seem to be talking to people a lot, that a lot of girls, a lot of girls we know, and we're always talking about the, the waste area in our own sizing at the end of your ski trip or whatever, let alone people like that, that Australian brand, Nobody's Princess. A lot of girls are watching that with interest because that's such a, a common thing to be popping out of your waistband and not being able to fit around the waist. Um, Absolutely. So when I did talk to um, Maria from Nobody's Princess, she was saying that there's a, there's a lot of shame surrounding not being able to do your buttons up. And she was saying that she was really focusing on trying to get it, being from Victoria herself, which is cold up in the mountains, but trying to focus on really getting that technicality and that um, down to minus 10 degrees Celsius, get that right for people so that they're not just stuck with something fitting, but you're going to be cold when you sit in the snow. Yes, she's done. For a girl that's come, not been not in the ski industry, and has come along and made one pair of pants and raised all that crowdsourcing money. Uh, she sent me a sample of her pants when I was looking at, you know, putting them into my website because she does low sizes but also plus sizes as well. The quality of her pants that she is producing it, for a first pant is pretty phenomenal. Mm. And the way that she's designed her pant with the fit and the cut is really impressive so she's done a a terrific job and she's got a lot of um interest in her like you said in australia and overseas and for all that interest just to come from one pair of pants Mm. um it kind of blows me away a little bit um i've already kind of said to her but okay so for your next pair of pants we want to make a long style and you know for your next pair of pants this or that because her base is so good of, of what she's designed so far um, because of the the fit around having hips yeah. and an ass. You know? <laughs> Most yeah, majority of ski racers have that. Yeah. Ski right. You can't be a good ski racer unless you've got a big butt and big thighs. Exactly. You've got to have that power. And also it's that thing of when you come out of having your babies, you're just not size six in the kitchen. You're not. So you can't do your pants up. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I want to ask you about um lady on your blog, on your website, Carrie, the speed skating Olympic hopeful. Yeah. She said her weight blew out from PCOS and she had, big calves from speed skating days, which I kind of forget about that. You get these big calves from all your sport and everything. And then she um, she felt shamed in in stores when the store owners um, were couldn't believe she was an expert skier being her size. But she knew that she couldn't... Um, she couldn't bend to get into the proper stance to control a speed, so it became a safety issue. Yes, the safety issue is, you know, a big issue if you can't, you know, if you're fidgeting with your gear or you're worried that your pants are going to split like I think, you know, Maria talks about a lot as well um, or you can't wear thermals or you can't even wear ski boots that, you know, fit your feet properly. Yeah. You know, it's, it is it is a big safety issue. Um, you can't get thermals that wick the moisture away from your skin properly. I've had ladies that will I used to let ladies come to my house and try on gear when I first started selling gear I would have ladies that would put a jacket on and they wouldn't be able to zip it up and they'd say oh this is okay I'll just wear a scarf and I was like but 
You go into New Zealand and it's going to be raining and snowing and they're like, oh, it's okay. You know, close your gear up. You need to be able to, um, you know, have functionality in your gear on the mountain. Well, and also why should why should people who can't fit into their gear be treated less than or like I wouldn't walk into a shop and say I can't I'll buy this one it it doesn't fit so why should somebody else feel like that have equal right to feel like their gear fits them and feel comfortable in your I'm not too fussy these days about color because I'm more about technical is it warm is it you know like that and I'm not overly fussed about the brand but I I don't deserve to be catered for in the market if I was really massive. Absolutely. And it's not that they've been purposely excluded. You know, it's it's not that a ski shop owner is saying, oh, well, you know, plus size people don't deserve to ski or companies who are manufacturing the gear are are doing that on purpose. Um, And I guess because I've seen it from a retailer's perspective, you know, we had a plus size range Um, in our ski shop but it doesn't turn over as well and you get holes in your stock and it doesn't sell and it sits in a back corner creating dust Um, and it doesn't have excitement because all you do is you buy you know some black jackets and some black pants so so the consumer walks in and is not excited by it either and I think that's where my business found a niche because when they couldn't find it in a regular ski shop they would go online and then they would open my website and they'd go oh I get choice and I get colour and, oh, I have to buy online and, and you know, I'd get a lot of women that would say I've never bought online before but I have to and I was like, oh, great, I, I am the woman for you and then, you know, we would work together and and that would help. But, you know, at the end of the day and the, the end goal is that I'll be out of business one day because every ski shop or there will be some specialty ski shops that will have a real plus size range because there will be enough brands doing enough of a range that, you know, ski shops can really cater. Because like you said, you know, more people are plus size in inverted um, than not. Now it's acceptable to be a plus size model. If I see a, a billboard and there's a plus size model, I feel that that's real. When, you know, I think it's really inspiring to see plus size skiers and just out living life, you know. I Absolutely. Think I think people want to relate um, to social media uh, or, or see in social media people that they can relate to and in advertisements. And you're starting to see it or I'm starting to see it more because I'm in North America at the moment. You know, there is a lot more diversity coming up in marketing and and on websites and you go in and you can see on a regular size person and on a plus size person. There's still a long way to go in the industry, but I think particularly during COVID, um, there's been a lot more people online and a lot more kind of strategy and thought into, okay, what's missing and where is the market really and what are the sizes doing? Like you can't you can't spec up from a size 6 model into a size 22. Yeah, exactly. It just, it doesn't work. So people are learning and companies are learning, but it's it's been a slow process, but it does seem to be speeding up it's good though because this makes people feel more comfortable in their own skin you know like if they're getting viewed in every platform and then also mentally that they can they may have never wanted to go to the mountains before because they 
didn't have an option. They didn't want to wear jeans or they didn't want to wear men's clothes. Absolutely. So this is absolutely and, like, and they don't see people that look like them mm. on skis or they go they go and they sit in a cafe and they watch all the skiers and nobody's, you know, skiing that is their size. Yeah. Um, the same kind of goes, I think, um, there's a uh, company called Ember and Ace and they make plus-size kids' sport clothing. Yeah. And for me as a parent, you know, you look at children who are kind of on the bigger side and they are, you know, there's a massive fat bias culturally that exists where you're being judged as soon as you're a little bit chubby, you know, it's a bad thing and you're lazy and you can't do sport. It's starting to slowly have a shift and because I'm a parent, I kind of look at that stuff and go, oh, you know, I want my daughter to not have, you know, fear of putting on weight or yeah. having all the pressure um, from super skinny athletes and she can only be an athlete if she's skinny. Um, yeah. There's plenty of athletes now. There's this fantastic um, athlete in America called the Mernivator and she's this fantastic woman that, that does trail running and, um she 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 keeps trying all these new sports in the, the last kind of 18 months. So she tried skiing for the last time, uh, for the first time last ski season, and she documented it all on her Instagram page. And it was just so fantastic to see someone that, you know, is plus size and they're trying it and they're getting good at it and it's a hard thing to learn as an adult and, you know, and they stick with it and that, you know, really inspires people and then this summer she did mountain biking and she did the same thing. And you just kind of look at her and go, I admire that person. <laughs> you don't look at her and think, oh, she's fat and lazy because she's clearly not. And there's there's so many reasons why everyone is plus sizes, you know, like it, like we've already talked about how it, the former athlete was a PCOS or, you know, you come out of um, childbearing age or, you know, you can be very... Just culturally, we've got the islanders in Australia, you know, we've got the Fijians and the Samoans and they're tall, right. tall yeah. people. Some people are just know. naturally yeah. bigger bone. Yeah, yeah, it, it is true. And I'm glad that we're starting to, you, you've seen this niche and you obviously have a lot of market research, which is amazing. So you can, like, off the back of this, you can go to the companies and go, hey, Here's my market research. Listen, your ideal goal of getting the big guys on board is really sweet because that means it becomes a sport for everyone. And they should want it too because it's only going to grow the industry and the market. So there's no reason not to, you know, try and attract that kind of a consumer by having their marketing with plus-size people in it. You know, I mean, whether someone's got money or not is neither here nor there. I mean, it's it's customers, isn't it, who are really appreciating um, plus-size gear? Yeah, it's all positive, isn't it? Yeah, I love, I love hearing from people who, are, you know, are in support of, of what I do and, you know, they want to help or they want to share. And, you know, I'm just a small business trying to make a bit of an impact and I think by the time you get to a stage in your life where you have had kids, you're looking to leave legacy and you're looking to make a change in the world that's not necessarily, you know, benefiting you, but it makes you feel better about leaving the world a better place later on. And I guess that's kind of fulfilling 
that feeling in it as well because I found a real passion in it that I didn't know existed until I started doing it um, (laughs) in the first place. Yeah, you find a real kindness from people. Like you you dealt with retail all the time and you're kind of like, okay, now I've found these people that need help. I'll help them. Thank you. And I'll guide you in the right direction. (laughs) And you guys are helping too. Everyone helps a little bit. Well, it's funny you say that because when we started um, doing this podcast uh, two years ago or so, uh, we initially there was a perception that, uh, oh, skiing is a wealthy person's sport and it's only for top athletes. And we were just looking at each other going, no, it's not, and trying to <laughs> shed a light on what, like there is, you know, plus-size amazing athletes. There is, there's blind sit skiers. There is, you name it, like there is so many angles to it all you know it's yes. just not for it's not for the aspen set you know <laughs> right i think there's been a real stigma around skiing it's been a real elitist kind of sport for so long in fact there's a facebook group in america called elite skiing and if you go into the facebook group i'm actually part of it <laughs> you make comment it's full of very what seems like very male chauvinist white um privileged people so there is a lot of aggression there um and i've been very wary about saying anything about my business in there for fear of being attacked Mm. um but then you go into other groups um you know that are more supportive like your you know women's women's groups of course you know you've got show us the girls in australia and women who ski in america and um you know even people's accounts like nobody's princess and 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 those kinds of accounts that just support women and um, support all women from, you know, all people from all places. You've also got the, um, you know, the BIPOC movement with skiing as well um, is a big thing in North America. And, you know, just because you've got, you know, in Australia you've got all these Chinese and Indians and they walk with their prams up and down Burke Street and annoy all the people that have skied for years it doesn't mean that they're not welcome there. It just means that nobody's actually said to them, okay, you can't walk your pram up and down the ski run. Um, this is how you need to, you know, prepare to have your experience at the snow. Um, and they're actually driving the industry. I guess from, you know, the secondhand ski shop days, um, there's, you know, bringing the people in for the first timers, like what Aldi does, you know, it's not all bad. It's it's mm-hmm. it's creating more of um, support for the industry. It's growing the market. It's helping all those businesses that rely on it. Um, That's what we are uh, actually. When we had our interview with uh, Mr. Know It All, we were t- discussed Audi being an excellent entry point for people who might just want to try skiing for the first time and they don't want to maybe invest a lot of money and then next time they can go for a better jacket and they can get better equipment, you know. But the more, for the industry, the more people that are into that level entry and become hooked like we all are is, is fantastic for the cafes and the, you know, the whole industry down there. On a different yeah. level too, I think the more people that understand, like protect our winters and they see the changing environment and they learn about a snow environment yeah. in Australia or in New Zealand or anywhere in the world, that gets 
that voice out as well. You know, they start to learn, oh, wow, there is snow, but oh, it's melting or it's changing. And, we'll you know, save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I, think, and I think too, I mean, so I mean, we've gone from a clothing brand to over here, but that's getting back to your clothes. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me and for my range in my in my shop, it, it's yeah. always been really important to have uh, clothing that fit different body shapes. Yeah. Um, I think I was saying to you before that plus size is not a size. It's not a shape. It, there's so many different shapes within the plus size. So having choice and different shapes and technical fabrics um, and qualities you know, is so important um, so that people can feel comfortable and they can get the gear that they want. Um, you know, if only I could find a manufacturer to manufacture um, Gore-Tex plus size shell product, you know, that would be something that, you know, could translate into the climbing industry and the mountaineering industry and, um, you know, people just enjoying the mountains that yeah. aren't necessarily snow people. They just they want to go on a hike. They want to hike the overland track in Tasmania. They they've got bucket list stuff that they want to do. It's not just about getting to the ski fields and putting skis on their feet. It's they might want to go dog sledding or horseback riding in the high country, yeah. um, you know, and have and have the proper gear. So um, you know the way that clothing fits is really important to me, and I've been really lucky that. You know, in Australia, we've got some amazing uh, clothing brands that, you know, can make the gear for me and help me launch it out into the world. And it's been really well accepted um, in America and in Canada um, for these clothing brands. And merino wool is another thing that the Americans are like, oh, merino wool, thermal underwear, plus size, wow. And it really blows their mind, um, which kind of, blows my mind a little bit but um you yeah. know Australian products are known to be good quality and we make we can think up really good stuff we just need to um take it to the world and mm. you know being seen for the innovators that we are within you yeah. know that, that realm because we've always yeah. been the Australians that are um, we don't have as much snow. And do you actually have snow in Australia? Oh my goodness, blow my mind. Yeah. Um, we but, interviewed you know. um we interviewed Simon Blundell from Labent. And uh yeah, just you know, it was incredible just hearing about that process. And I think you're right, Australian brands, snow brands are really good because they seem to be, it's not like every second person's bringing one out because it's an easy process. It's so much no. into each it's one. The opposite. Don't have to educate them on why they should invest in good material. Um, a little bit of both. Yep. So it's really hard for people who shop with me who are just going on bucket list. <laughs> um, but people were going on bucket list trips. So my main, the main two places where people were going besides skiing, that were plus size customers is they were going to Iceland to see the Northern Lights and stay in the Arctic Circle or the ice hotels or they were going to antarctica and they were going to go hop in some zodiac boat with clothing that didn't fit them from a rental company or they were nervous about doing that kind of thing mm. so those kinds of people don't want to spend a lot of money because they're just going on a one-off kind of experience and trip but yeah. then you get other people and and you know you get all kinds of people i mean i've sold gear 
into China and Russia and France, all over the world, continents, Japan, quite a few customers from Japan and traditionally you think of them as being such, you know, petite people. So it's sort of, I guess it's these investing companies having faith that there's... And if they could just get the data, you know, I think a big thing in the, this is a whole other can of worms, but a big problem in the plus size industry and getting the data is is they talk a lot about obesity and BMI and it's it's not a way to kind of measure people properly and sizes of people properly. So there's no real, when you try and do some research as to how many people are plus size and, you know, God forbid you get research on how many plus size skiers there are in the world. Like I don't know how you would ever get that. <laughs> that piece of information oh, and it'd be um, expensive if you did like go through the gate and scan your weight no thanks like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly uh you know politically correct at all but um and you're right like you know, plus size isn't necessarily about bmi and so a woman who's a size 14 or a 16 and not technically a plus size they can't actually fit in a 14 or a 16 ski pant because the specs are wrong. The thighs are so tiny um, and there's not enough stretch in them that they put them in and then the seam split because they're not designed to be stretched that far. So it's it's not, like you said, it's not necessarily plus-sized people. It's just regular-sized people that have hips and bums and, like we said, you know, yeah. you could be a really, like, professional skier or snowboarder and be regular size but just have really strong, yeah. like, calves, hips and thighs. Or, like, even bust area on women, you know, like that's to do. I can't sometimes do a jacket up or, you know, and I don't have massive bazookas. But, oh but it's, a common, it's a common thing, right? I mean, it's. And I feel like skiing, you know, it, it's got to affect your performance because when you're tight, it's hard to, everything about skiing is moving and snowboarding is moving, everything, or running Absolutely. or hiking or doing yeah. anything physical. It's all about kind of, I mean, you do men as well, though. Like, let's not forget that. We do men as well. Yeah. 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 It, is, it is a lot less of my market okay. um, and it does exist. But, um, yeah, I think that's the thing is, like, how much do we all love it when snowboarding fashion was eaten a bit in Australia and it was like, oh, all the gear fits me now because it's all, you know, the style is oversized. Yeah. So it all fits and, you know, it wasn't flattering. But, you know, I think that's what we want is we want we want to feel good in our gear yeah. without feeling like we're bear- wearing a big paper bag. Yeah. And we've got yeah. something that fits us and we can move and we can, you know, we can keep all the warmth inside our, our ski jackets. but. Yeah you know, not have arms that are way too long or legs that are so long that you just feel ridiculous. Mm. Um, Yeah. I've replaced my ski jacket this year and I really liked the style that was almost halfway down to your knee. Yes, Um, the longer style. Long jacket. But then I really liked because I I do have hips, you know, so I I like that there was um, zips down the side of each side so I just kept, kept them open because when... When I'm skiing, like, I, yeah, I can't move with a tight jacket on, so I've got to keep every, the zips open on my Absolutely. Hip. So XTM have done this awesome plus jacket that they're making for next year's season um, that they're making in plus size for me as well, and it's a longer style 
And then down the sides, it's got those two invisible zips so you can make it wider for your hips. And then it's got the two-way zip so you can actually unzip it from the bottom, which you can do if you're skiing and you're moving around more or even if you're just wanting to get into your ski pants and, you know, fix your layers or, you know, get into your pockets or whatever. So, Mm. you know, the fact that the Australian industry has been so, or the the manufacturers and the brands have been so receptive to all the ideas, Mm. you know, it's, it's making ski gear better and then that'll eventually be copied by the bigger brands overseas, hopefully, who get, their ideas and have fit testers and ambassadors that try their gear and so who um, are the so before we um kind of wrap it up who are the really good what brands are really good for plus size uh so in australia you've basically got uh cartel snow gear um xtm snow gear and rojo so they're the three main um brands that make plus size and they're you know australian companies then overseas, you've got um, it, it, it's a lot more limited overseas. You've got some smaller brands. Um, there's no big brands that are doing it really awesome yet. You've got um, Outdoor Research that's now launching um, bigger range. Um, that's not out yet, but it will be coming in the future. But Eddie Bauer. But Eddie Bauer didn't really start as ski gear, though, did they? they you know. But in the last few years, they've been doing some really good stuff. Awesome. It's um, really disappointing that the major ones aren't doing, I thought you were going to smash me out some big ones. No, Columbia have been doing outdoor gear for quite a few years and a really like not the high-end stuff, just kind of like the mid-range gear. Um, but we can't get it in Australia. They won't sell to Australians. We're not a big enough market uh, for them. Wow. So I've been working on them, <laughs> trying to yeah, make that really, happen. There's really room in the market for somebody to really scoop this up. And there are companies that are talking about it. I hear whispers through um, some ambassadors that I work with and some influencers in America that are in the outdoor industry. And a lot of them, I think, have some plans in the works but because COVID has disrupted supply chains. So in the next two years, I really expect a lot to kind of happen in this space. Mm. And I'm really excited to kind of, you know, help it along its way. And probably eventually I'll be put out of a job, but absolutely. And we just want to welcome everyone that, you know, might have had this desire to, ski or hasn't skied in 15 years and still pines for it and you know size is not an ability people are judgy in ski shops and online and if you just kind of find your tribe and you find people who inspire you and you you follow them and you watch them um, and don't pay attention to everyone else then you know you'll get somewhere in in life and in all those things you want to do it's you know with COVID everyone's reconnecting with nature and you know it's so wonderful all the people on mountain bikes and going on you know getting dogs so they can go on dog walks and you know getting outdoorsy it's it's the one kind of gem that's come out of all of these lockdowns is that we really do need nature and we do need to feel because in nature there's no mirrors everyone's welcome yeah, you can go. The trees aren't judging you. There's fat trees and skinny trees and bent trees. 
and trees with hardly any limbs and you love them all the same. You know, people should be the same. But- Agreed. And- that is true. Yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm excited for where we're going in skiing. I mean, because I, I just started the ski tour business, it's exciting there. And we just did women mountain retreat. Didn't happen this year because of COVID. But next year, so it's nice that we're actually getting to people are starting to want to go to the snowy mountains and they're wanting to go. And you, we're not even encouraging if you're not skiing, just come and get amongst the snowy mountains. They're the most beautiful. Absolutely, where you're with like-minded people yes. you know I think if you had a tried to do something like that 20 years ago you would have had a lot of men kind of scoffing at it or presuming that you're just doing it with beginners or it's a beginners group and yes. a lot of the women's ski groups they're not anymore and you know it's so fun like I can't wait to come on one of your group tours you know and get away from the husband and the kids and you know yes. leave it all behind <laughs> and, you know have a good time with some women in the mountains because yeah you know you grow up, I grew up as a skier, but I was always, and a snowboarder, but I was always with men, always with a lot of men all yeah. the time. So I actually haven't had a lot of time just skiing with women and it's such a different vibe. Yeah. It's so supportive and, you know, giggly and so much laughter. It it's, is, yeah. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila and I, the lady I was talking to you before, um, Sheila, who's a Deer Valley ski instructor, we met each other in Silver Star and they tried to pigeonhole both of us. They said, okay, radio, you two, you're all going down there and you're all teaching children. And Sheila and I just looked at each other and went, wait a moment, we want to teach the children but we want to go right. here and ski there. We don't want to, you know, and that, it was just they were, what do we do with these two, <laughs> you know, and that was the yeah. early 90s. And we're like, we'll just take yeah. this and we'll we'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah. it, that was kind of great too because we went and they took us and they're like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, how rude. But <laughs> but I feel like that was our change. Now we're getting more change throughout the, through in the, in the, in the industry and more people are acceptable to come and have a go, you know, which Absolutely. is great. And I feel like the change is speeding up too. Yes. You know, it's taken a really long time to get to here. But all of a sudden we seem to kind of be moving at a much faster pace, which is lovely because it's, you know, it has taken a really long time to to be accepted as a woman in the ski fields and, you know, not to be said, told that you're good for a girl yeah. and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel excited by all that change too. Yeah. Yeah. I am too, yeah. So do you have, so this winter, do you have, are you going hard and promoting like, where, where are we finding you? Where are we finding the website? Okay, so my website, I've got a couple. I've got a few. Um, my website is uh, plussnow.com.au. So that's my Australian website and New Zealand for just plus size snow gear. And I also have rain gear and outdoor gear on there too. Um, I've got another website called plusoutdoor.com.au which is for people who are outdoorsy and just are going hiking um, or spending time outdoors that aren't necessarily needing snow gear. And then for people who are overseas, I've got plussnow.com and it's basically, you know, a lot of it's all the same stock. It's just all targeted for different shipping methods um, and, you know, I've got blogs and help guides on the website and my Shop Your Shape um, Part of very important service, which can help make sure that you don't have to, you know, deal with returns and all that kind of thing, um, particularly for the international buyers. And on and I'm on Instagram uh, at Plus Snow, which is 
based around representation and advocacy. Um, so I feature a lot of women who aren't wearing my gear. They're just plus-size women enjoying themselves at the snow. And it's a bit of a passion project, my Instagram page, because I love connecting with people on there and it's a little bit of a community. Yeah, I've got my Facebook page as well for people who aren't on Instagram. So I love it. A little bit all over. It's been really a great pleasure to speak to you. I'm really excited what you do. Like it's a big job for one person. I mean, I'm sure you're not one person, but you're actually no, just. I have a team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is It is my passion. And thank you. It's been, um, you know, it's been a real journey over the last six years since I've had um, started this, you know, one website, this one main plus no website. And, you know, we were going so well until COVID and so I'm really excited that things will open up again and fingers crossed we get a proper ski season and there's lots of snowfalls in Australia next year and, you know, we can all do our happy dances again after the horrendous couple of years we've all had in the Australian ski industry, (laughs) which is all hanging on by the... uh, by our fingernails and, uh, you know, all pulling through. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We will. We will. We're Australians. (laughs) We've just got to ask you one last question. That's what's your favourite resort to ski at? Well, I mean, that's a bit of a loaded question at the moment. I'm living in Revelstoke, so it's got to be Revelstoke. I mean, the powder snow here is incredible. And I'm actually living the dream because I can do school drop-off wearing my ski boots I've learned how to drive in ski boots and <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that and then drive to the resort about five minutes drive away ski all day and then go and do school pickup and so you know I can um really shred the power all day and still make it back for school pickup so yeah Revelstoke Ski Resort is fantastic Revelstoke uh, town is fantastic. The whole area of Revelstoke is amazing and the snow is incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be looking you up when we get to Revelstoke. Absolutely. Come and look my, me up. My... I'm here for another little few months until. Well, but, yeah, so thank you so much, Mon. We will get yeah, it all out for you and you're amazing. Well done to you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.